It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah! What it do, baby? Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 732 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, June the 25th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And also check out uh, Basketball Podcast with myself and Katie Heindel, where we talk about uh, the NBA at large in a uh, fun and insightful way. I hope insightful. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be saying that about my own show. But go check it out on the Stringer Labs Podcast Network. Also, be sure to check out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got tons of great stuff for you this week. uh, The theme that everyone's kind of using to help them get through these times without sports is Back to the Future. Uh, It's been a lot of remembering some guys across the network. And so this week, we're changing up a bit and looking into the future of our franchises to see what might lie in the years ahead. And we're going to get into that a little bit on today's show, actually. We're going to talk about the future of the Raptors' front office in the back part of the show but first we have much more to get to we've got vince carter we've got uh tampering going on self-tampering i don't even know what to call it with Giannis Antetokounmpo. lots of good stuff that we can have fun with uh on today's show which is brought to you of course by rockauto.com with all of the auto parts you'll ever need amazing selection reliably low prices all the car parts all available in one easy catalog at rockauto.com go check it out Uh, All right, on today's show to talk about those aforementioned things, Vince Carter, tampering, the future of the front office for the Raptors, is our pal who I totally forgot to have on an episode last week, despite him being a weekly contributor. So welcome to the week off or congrats on the week off. I don't know. It's Vivek Jacob. What's up, buddy? (laughs) I enjoyed my week off. Yeah, I mean, you didn't you didn't have to talk to me. So you're 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 coming out ahead here. Yeah, no, now there's actually added excitement. I've missed talking to Sean. And, uh, but no, you had some great guests on last week, and I enjoyed those pods. And happy to be back on to talk about some hot topics. Yeah, I, again, I think I mentioned this on the previous episode with S uh, about how I feel like I've been such a stick in the mud about the NBA tournament that is apparently still going to happen no matter how many people test positive or how much Florida descends in, descends into uh, some sort of apocalyptic movie like chaos. Uh, and so I kind of want to just talk about basketball a little bit on some coming episodes to, you know, lighten things up all with the the preface that this is a bad idea and I don't think they should do it, but if they're going to do it, we'll talk about it as such. Um, But before we get into any Raptors stuff, I guess this is sort of tangential Raptors stuff today. Vince Carter officially announced his retirement, I believe on the winging it podcast. He, uh, Mm -hmm. it was long rumored obviously, and it was kind of assumed that this would be the end of his career. 
so much so that in the game on the night that everything got shut down for the NBA, the last NBA memory we really have from the court that's not Rudy Gobert testing positive, it was Vince Carter getting a pass from Trey Young with like 10 seconds left on the clock after subbing in, knowing the season had been suspended, hitting a three, and ending his career in a very nice and poetic way. How do you feeling about Vince retiring, man? I guess the big thing here is we never really got to see the reunion with the Raptors that was rumored for like five or six years in different uh, levels of seriousness, you know, at different times. Um, I don't know. How, how, what was your feeling when you saw that news come across just about an hour ago? Um, in terms of the news, obviously, it's not surprising. Uh, it's been a long time coming. And so it was just, I guess, a question of when he was going to do it officially. Even, you know, even, even when the NBA announced the season resumption with 22 teams as opposed to the 30, that's when you knew Vince wasn't going to play another game. And so um, in terms of maybe the emotions and all that, we've already been through that, I think. And in terms of him coming back as a Raptor, that was something I think I gave up on a while ago mm-hmm. just because I felt like the Raptors had graduated from those types of signings and those types of moves. Uh, and, you know, with the way the team was building, I, I just didn't see it happening. The, the only thing I thought was maybe possible was, you know, one of those one day contracts where he just comes on and then, uh, you know, does it to retire as a Raptor. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that would have been cool if that could have happened, but I think with the circumstances um, and the way he closed out in Atlanta as well, uh, respectfully enough, I think he's gone out on his terms, and I think that's what he's wanted to do these last few years. And so, yeah, it's been an incredible career. Um, you know, he'll obviously be missed, but those highlights are going to live on forever, man. Like it's crazy how many dunks of his that are just etched in your memory. You just mm-hmm. remember, you know, each and every g- detail of it from him going up for the dunk to how people reacted, right? Like even with that dunk contest, I, I can vividly remember how each person, whether it was Shaq or Jason Kidd or <laughs> Steve Francis, um, <laughs> who was in the dunk contest or Isaiah Thomas, you know, jumping over uh, the judges table uh, to shake his hand. You know, you remember that so vividly because of how incredible he was. I'm curious. Like, so you didn't come to Canada until a little bit after that dunk contest. Am I right? 2002. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your exposure to that dunk contest when it happened in 2000? So that was, um, that was me sort of just seeing everything after the fact, right? So, right. Uh, first of all, the time difference, if, you know, that dunk contest would have been happening at like, you know, eight, nine in the morning for me. And at the time in Dubai, like there was no live NBA uh, games or, you know, All-Star Weekends or any of that to watch. Right. The, the only thing... Um, the the way I became a fan was there was a show NBA Action. I don't know if you remember that. I do. Uh, yeah, so they used to show that in Dubai, and so uh, that used to play at like five, six in the evening, um, on like a Friday or Saturday, whatever it was. I don't remember now, and that's how I became 
a Raptors fan because the show used to always end with the top 10 countdown of like the plays of the week. And literally every week you were going <laughs> to see Vince on there two or three times. <laughs> and, and so, yeah. So that's how I ended up seeing that dunk contest, which obviously just mesmerized everyone. And um, all of that was basically how I became a Raptors fan. I mean, for me, watching watching that show, it was you you were just getting a constant, you know, a steady diet of Vince, Allen Iverson, Kobe, Shaq, T Mac, you know, and so that's that's how I became a fan. That's awesome. That's uh, yeah. I, I you're totally right about the dunks that are etched into your mind, right? Like I, I seem to recall the full extension alley oop against the Clippers. There's obviously the Frederick Weiss one. There's like a million that you know. It's hard to pin exactly what team they came against, but you know the sort of motions and the anticipation when he would rise up. And you know, I, I always you know this was a thing over the last few years thinking about how if whatever was there going to be some sort of Raptors tie-in when he retired or you know before the end of his career and I always was curious how it would go over if there was that sort of one-day contract thing because I know there are still some people out there you know listeners and even to this show who still haven't forgiven Vince because he hasn't technically come out and apologized there was sort of that assumed burying of the hatchet with that Memphis game I think in 2014 or 2015 where you know, things kind of were okay. The Raptors had become good. No one was too upset anymore. And, you know, things were kind of buried with the video tribute and whatnot. And that was kind of, I just like, kind of assumed as the apology, even though he didn't actually apologize. And some people still just kind of hold that grudge a little bit. And, and I'm curious, you know, it's not like Roy Halladay when he signed the one-day contract with the Jays, right? He spent most of his career with Toronto. He loved it here. He didn't want to leave when he got traded, but they did to just give him a chance to go win like a complete polar opposite situation with Vince who hasn't played for the team in 15 years now or 16 years. And, you know, obviously the follow was so ugly and, and nasty and kind of left sour feelings. I think on both sides for a very, very long time. I'm, I was always sort of, I don't know if I wanted that to be honest, it would have felt a little bit sort of forced and I, and I think your point stands that the Raptors kind of outgrew the need to have that connection, right? Like they got good enough where, you know, that they weren't still sort of tied to the burden of, you know, everything that happened after Vince and the down years that followed his departure. And you could kind of let those bygones be bygones a little bit, just focus on the current day. And also I think a lot of Raptors fans just weren't even around for Vince because, you know, they came on during this recent era. And so I, I was always a little bit curious as to how, that would have gone over had he come and you know would it have felt hollow would it have felt forced would it have felt necessary at all and ultimately it didn't matter because he just kind of liked playing for bad teams and being a mentor which is cool as hell and a pretty sweet way to play the last four or five years of your career um but i don't know do you have any last thoughts on that idea of him you know potentially having returned and what that would have looked like yeah i I think um these last couple of years maybe if you know if he was Right. The only way he would have fit this roster is if he was just willing to be a mentor and was barely getting on the court. And I think that's where um, maybe there was such a gap, right, in terms of there being an actual possibility because he made it clear that he'd rather play for a team out of the playoff picture that was willing to give him minutes. And he still wanted to get out there on the court and be competitive. 
And so I, I don't think in this We the North era that there would have been uh, a place for that. Uh, you can you can argue very early on, you know, in like the 13, 14, 14, 15 season maybe, but uh, I don't think that was really a conversation at the time anyway. So, mm. uh, so yeah, once it got to the point where the Raptors were really trying to figure out winning a championship, I don't think they could have, you know, uh, matched the goals of what Vince was trying to accomplish uh, with what they were trying to do as well. So, and, and, you know, in some ways that's also been a neat thing because of the way uh, things have happened for him as an opponent, right? We've had some cool moments where uh, you mentioned the ovation he got with the Grizzlies. And then you think about him getting to the 25,000 points as a Hawk, um, against Toronto, right? That, that was yeah. fitting for Chris Jay, a Canadian, to be on the court for something like that. And there's been plenty of those fun moments. There, there was even, even this season, uh, that rainbow three he hit over OG and then he just slaps <laughs> him on the butt on the way back. You know, so I think we've had fun moments like that um, to cherish him. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that he still got somewhat uh, uh, of a farewell ovation in that first game against Atlanta. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I still look back on that. Uh, you know, I, I think Kobe's passing uh, just before that had sort of, you know, magnified the importance of just showing your appreciation in the moment. And I yeah. did think that had something to do with, uh, the extent of the ovation he got right then and there. Um, because again, we're seeing with everything that's going on uh, around the world right now, uh, how you really just can't take anything for granted. Yeah, that's a really good point. I, I think I'm really glad that there, there were those couple moments this year, um, you know, between Kyle and Vince on the sidelines and all that stuff. And that ovation you mentioned, which I think we talked about at the time and sort of, you know, hearken to that Kobe stuff as well. And I think that yeah. certainly was top of mind. Honestly, it's a bit of a bummer though. We didn't get that last game, right? Cause I think that was Atlanta's mm-hmm. second last game of the season. It was the last Raptors home game of the year, I believe was supposed to be against the Hawks. And you know, if you're looking at things that you were looking forward to in the remainder of the regular season, there may be a couple marquee matchups, but for the most part, it was like Danny green ring night and Vince's last game uh, in Toronto. That would have been, Really, really special, yeah. but at least they, at least, you know, it seems like everybody took advantage of the opportunity and that, that, I mean, perfect example, not everything's for granted. You didn't get that last game um, as much as that may have seen for granted at the time. So glad that they did it justice then and shout out to Vince Carter, man. The reason uh, I think for me doing this podcast, the reason I am a basketball fan, the reason I think a lot of people in this sort of sphere in Raptors coverage are doing it. So um, shout out to him. It's him and Blake Murphy, the two builders. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to get into some more current day stuff, including tampering and uh, the future as well. Just hitting all the different uh, levels of the time continuum on today's episode in just a second. But first, I want to tell people about rockauto.com, which for a car dummy like me is just the best way 
to find auto parts. I always go to the mechanic and say, hey, my car is broken. Can you fix it for me? And then they say, yeah, here's this exorbitant price. Here's the, pay it now. And I'm like, sure, I'm dumb. I don't know any different. Now I know different because the parts that are available on rockauto.com are just so much cheaper than what you get at an auto body shop. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers with a company, a family company, that's been in business online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpets. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands. You just type in your car, you type in the year, the make, model all that stuff and then the type of part you need and then you have all these different options the most used parts for that car from that year with super easy all laid out for you and the prices are amazing which is the best part at rockauto.com prices are always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers so why spend up to twice as much for the same parts go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box of the note we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts you're your car is ever going to need at rockauto.com. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who can help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, Vivek, we should probably address the uh, fun little flurry of Giannis-related activity that uh, I think gave Raptors Internet a bit of a reprieve from the hell that is the world that <laughs> of the last few months last night. <laughs> uh, however trivial it may be, however meaning- meaningless it might be, let's keep that in mind here. All of this stuff, uh, you know, thinking back to even the Kawhi chase and all the little things that seemed to point to him staying or going or whatever, all meant nothing in the end. This was probably the same, but Giannis was tweeting about Masai Ujiri's Giants of Africa last night, which is pretty damn cool. And uh, it's also, like, I think Yasmin, uh, former and future guest of the show, made a point that it's not even tampering because they're just working together in a nonprofit. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was pretty hilarious. I mean, we, we know that Raptors fan, the, the fan base is going to jump on any little bit of sort of media uh, tweet or whatever it may be. Uh, they can sort of hype up the Giannis train and for him to tweet that out um, unsolicited, uh, I think is great. I think it shows the relationship that he's built with Masai, um, how passionate he is about going to game basketball in Africa. And that can only bode well for uh, a future meeting down the line. Because let's face it, you're at a point now where you know, you know, there's absolutely no way Giannis, if, you know, if he likes to be a free agent and doesn't take whatever the Supermax ends up looking like, um, 
with the way the CBA will be now. Uh, uh, as long as he goes into free agency, you know the Raptors will absolutely get a meeting. There is no way he's saying no to Masai in terms of at least hearing what he has to say. And the way the Raptors have everything lined up cap-wise, you know that's obviously a big part of their plans. And, yeah, when, once the meeting happens, you you know Masai is going to be ready. You know he's going to have every single possible chip that he can use in his favor lined up. Um, I tweeted about, you know, <laughs> you might even have Barack Obama in that meeting. So um, I think it's going to be very hard uh, for Giannis to come into that meeting <laughs> and leave out of it uh, thinking he doesn't have a future with Toronto. But, hey, for now, uh, it's great that him and Messiah have the relationship they do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, hey, who knows? Maybe the uh, the Knicks own themselves and hire Jason Kidd to be their coach, and then he goes to – no, that's not happening. Uh, <laughs> love when the Knicks uh, own themselves. It's beautiful stuff. Um, the – I was curious about this because I, I like I think it's very clear right now, and there's been plenty of reporting. The Raptors are, you know, who's to say the leader leader in the clubhouse, tied for leading the clubhouse with Miami and the Warriors or whoever. Uh, I think it's fair to say they're probably a little bit ahead, considering the contextual factors at play here. But you know, I would still say the Bucks probably, you know, as begrudgingly as I'll say it, are probably the leaders in the clubhouse overall to get his services beyond 2021 just because it's always the incumbent that typically has the best shot. I am curious though, the fact like, do you has what's happened? Has the, the shutdown and the sort of uncertainty about what's to come here for the Milwaukee bucks in the postseason, And even like the legitimacy of whatever title they may, may or may not end up winning. If they like win a title over the Lakers without LeBron and Anthony Davis, for example, like does anyone even count that as a title for his legacy and all that stuff? Has everything over the last few months changed your outlook? Just sort of your gut instinct as to whether or not it's more likely or not that he'll end up staying in Milwaukee? Because I really, I, I don't really know how to, as with everything during this, I don't know how to gauge it or understand its meaning because it's sort of a one-off thing we've had. There's nothing to compare it to, but um, just sort of your gut feeling, how do you think this all affects the future of Giannis? So I think the biggest thing for me, in terms of viewing Giannis' free agency, it has always been the Supermax. And now with the cap situation, I don't think there's any way he takes the Supermax because it's not even going to look like a regular max, right? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so I think that's what increases the Raptors' chances because he'll likely wait until after the 2021 season uh, to see where the cap is at then and then go from there. Uh, and so I think this whole situation has hurt the Bucks from where, you know, in terms of the appeal of the Supermax, because I just don't think uh, that's a thing anymore. So, yeah, I, 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 I like the Raptors' chances better now. Um, I've always been of the opinion that I actually don't think him winning a championship in Milwaukee changes anything. I think, uh, you know, especially with the way superstars have won in cities and then left i think you could very easily view uh him winning a, a championship in milwaukee as okay I've, I, I've done what i came here to do um and now i want to do what's best for me and so and then it just comes down to making the best case whoever it may be um in terms of his long-term future and so you know whether he loses whether he wins in milwaukee 
I actually don't think that changes much in terms of his consideration to stay there. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, man, I'm letting myself get excited again. <laughs> I think I was uh, trying to like hold back a little bit when the Bucks were seemingly on our track to cruise through the postseason. And I'm going to blame or credit or whatever our friend Brad from Too Much Hoops as well, posting a tweet last night about uh, what it might look like to have like an OG Pascal Giannis front court and then someone chiming in with a, yeah, with like Fred and Terrence Davis in the backcourt. And now I'm imagining, you know, a, a, a late career Kyle Lowry is this wise aged sixth man coming in and just like being the dad of the team. It's very exciting stuff. Uh, and I'm sorry if you're listening, Kane Pittman, host of Locked On Bucks. We love you. Australia is great. But uh, this is going to be something I think Raptors fans are uh, very uh, keen on for a very, very long time. Because why wouldn't they be? It's super fun to speculate. And we don't, we don't often get this. Like, Knicks fans get every year to speculate as to, oh, hey, we're getting this guy this year. That never happens. And this could not happen for the Raptors as well. But much like the title season and the one year of Kawhi, I think it's important for Raptors fans to enjoy being in the mix for such a uh, transcendent superstar for the first time quite literally ever. Uh, and yeah, we're not counting LaMarcus Aldridge in this. So <laughs> we can leave that there for now. We're going to take a quick second uh, to talk about the uh, Masai Ujiri, Bobby Webster, and sort of the whole of the front office of the Raptors in the future to close out the show in just a second. But first, I want to tell you about Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar ever. Built Bars are protein bars that taste just like a candy bar. There's 16 amazing flavors with new flavors coming out all the time. Limited flavor releases they have each month where you can get limited boxes. Eight chocolate nut flavors, eight chocolate nut free flavors as the staples. You've got bars covered in 100% dark chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. And they're also healthy for you. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. We've got some wonderful flavors as well including peanut butter brownie, which I had yesterday, and it's freaking great. 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, 3 grams of net carbs. You've also got the toffee almond. You've got the two banana flavors, banana chocolate cream and banana nut bread, which are both incredible as well. You can have all of these at BuiltBar.com. If you use the promo code LOCKEDON as well, you're going to get $10 off of your first order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 10 bucks off at BuiltBar.com, and of course, they do deliver to Canada. No sweat at all. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, Vivek, let's close out the show here and talk a little bit about the future of the Raptors front office as part of Back to the Future Week here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, uh, taking a look ahead as to what things might look like a few years down the line. Uh, obviously, the Raptors, as a good team that win a lot of games with many smart people involved, have a lot of people sort of lurking and waiting to poach talent, and that happens all the time. We saw it with Jeff Weltman. We've seen it with coaches. We've seen it all over the place, and we've seen many rumors, of course, when it comes to Bobby Webster and Masai Ujiri in particular. I'm just curious, you know, where you think, say, two, three years from now, what do you think the complexion of the Raptors front office looks like? Do you think, you know, anyone has moved on to take over GM jobs elsewhere? Do you think Masai is still around? This is uh, obviously a huge question because – 
as much as I think the Raptors have almost built themselves to be self-sustaining at this point, and you know they seem to have a very good culture from top down, that culture is in large part due to Masai and his front office. And so, you know, losing any part of that would be a big hit. Losing, you know, multiple parts of that might change the course of the franchise. What do you think? Where, what's your sort of confidence level in the front office staying together for the next few years? Uh, what kind of changes do you think we might see? Um, so I was looking through the Raptors front office last night and getting ready for this. And so one thing I, I do feel good about is the sort of fitness department, the sport, the sports science department led by Alex McKechnie. And you've, you've got Scott McCulloch and John Lee and Richa. And I think they're going to be around. I think if, if uh, Alex w- wasn't dissuaded to persuaded to leave uh, along with Kawhi, I don't think anything's taking him out of Toronto anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good thing to have in the back pocket. Um, Jamal McGlore, I think, is with the team for life. I don't, I don't. <laughs> he might I don't. replace the Raptor when the Raptor retires. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe he'll just be our mac- mascot. Maybe it'll just be the McGlore. Yeah, um, he's more of a, uh, a an angry sort of bodyguard type mascot, where he'll, uh, you know, him and Robin Lopez, I think, would have some great tussles. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, speaking of angry bodyguards, I, I don't think John Natalia is going anywhere either. Uh, <laughs> you can't really mess with him. Um, and so I think the Raptors will make sure that they keep him happy because I'm sure they don't want to see the consequences of what happens if they don't. Imagine um, having that guy on the other side. No, thank you. I know the security <laughs> guards don't like fight as though this is some sort of blood sport, but uh, <laughs> just in case, you know, we don't know where the world's heading. We're, the world's headed for a scary time. Uh, <laughs> it's better to have John Atilia, who I can never not see Winnie the Pooh's face when I look at John Atilia. Um, <laughs> And it's wonderful. It's just this soft feature uh, around a very rugged and scary man. Um, wow, you've changed how I view him completely. <laughs> <laughs> just loves honey. John Atilia just, just loves wow. himself some honey. <laughs> He's become so much less intimidating. Now. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, let's see. So, so front office... Um, I, I've actually grown more confident in Masai sticking around a bit longer now. We're talking about the next three years, right? Yeah. Uh, and so now um, with my increased confidence in Giannis being persuaded to come to Toronto, I just can't imagine Masai not wanting to be around for that. And so... Um, and frankly, I, I can see him just not wanting to be in the U.S. at all <laughs> right now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I, th- I think he'll be quite happy to stay um, uh, uh, until it was clearly the right time and the right moment uh, to move on. So with that being said, I do think that would open the window, open the door for Bobby Webster um, to find a new home just uh, – to go to a place where maybe he'd have complete autonomy yeah. over a franchise and have that opportunity. And if there's a smart team out there, they will definitely offer that to him. Uh, the Knicks won't be one of them. Uh, and so, yeah, he, he is the one I would, I would uh, mark your mark is most likely to leave. 
mm-hmm. just because I think, you know, he is capable of taking that next step from GM to team president and um, being sort of the top dog of the franchise in, ter- in the front office anyway. So he's somewhat uh, your mark. And then you look at the experience that Dan Tolzman has gained, uh, whether it be, you know, his time at the 905 and now working, you know, primarily with the Raptors. I think he's someone that can easily step into that GM role and keep everything smooth sailing. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think Wayne Embry is going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, in terms of the main people involved, uh, I could see, you know, Teresa Rest. I think she could potentially get a promotion as well. Um, whether that's with the Raptors, whether that's with another organization, uh, will be interesting to see. But, you know, I, I did think it, it was, I don't know if you watched Masai on first take mm-hmm. yesterday. Yeah. Um, but, you know, him talking about how he, when he came to the franchise, there was a, there was a single woman working for the franchise and now there's 15. And so um, I think he's going to make every effort to make sure that uh, he does everything to ensure that they continue to rise. And so uh, Teresa Resk, you know, depending on what her interests are uh, and what her long-term goals are, she's another one I I could potentially see uh, moving on to bigger and better things. And yeah, besides that, you know, I'd like to think the coaching staff will be around for a while as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that Nick Nurse contract extension, he's going to be uh, in for an enormous raise, I would say, after next season, I think is his last year on his deal. So uh, I'm not too worried about that. I think they'll get that done. I don't know why they wouldn't. And you don't really see like coaches jumping ship in the same sort of way that players do. So that's good. Uh, I, so you, you were mentioning Teresa Resch and the Maasai thing. You kind of uh, got into my point that I was about to lead up to and the prediction that I'm ready to make. I oh, think okay. Teresa Resch is the GM of this team in three years. Oh. I think there's a good chance Bobby Webster, like you said, moves on and, and gets one of those top jobs. I also don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Dan Tolzman moves on even before Bobby Webster does. Mm. Just because maybe Webster sticks around to try to see out the Giannis thing. And then... And then maybe Dan Tolzman gets a look. I, I think, you know, Blake Murphy mentioned Dan Tolzman as a guy that the, the Pistons should be looking at um, when they were in their search for their GM. Uh, obviously, they hired Troy Weaver. And I wouldn't be surprised if he pops up as a, as a potential name as well uh, down the line as the assistant GM behind Bobby Webster. And I, I, you know, the Webster thing, yeah, you're totally right in that. He has, I think, with the Kawhi trade almost single-handedly, I think, probably, um, you know, puts himself into a different stratosphere, winning the title, sort of all the things he's done, the the cap knowledge he has, the deep NBA ties he has. I could see him absolutely being uh, the top dog on a team somewhere. And then, uh, you know, that really resonated with me, and it has resonated with me for years, the Maasai sort of constant talking point it comes back to and the higher women refrain that he constantly throws out there. I will not be in the least bit surprised if he makes Teresa Resch the first woman to hold the GM spot in the NBA. And I think mm-hmm. that could be as soon as the next three or four years. So you, you came to the podcast for uh, reflections on Vince Carter and talking about tampering, and you left with a hard and fast prediction, which we don't often do on this show. 
but I'm just kind of reading the tea leaves and uh, I could totally see that happening in the next few years. Um, There's actually, you just got me thinking about um, the coaching staff as well. Yeah. Just a bit more deeply. And I, I, I think there's even a decent shot that, you know, because of how well Adrian Griffin is, uh, how well respected he is, um, I could see him moving on uh, and Brittany Donaldson taking on a bigger role. Um, totally. And, you know, if, if, you know, I think you could make the case that Nate Bjorkren is uh, Nick Nurse's, you know, lead assistant is right boom. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so if he moves on, you know, I think there's another window there um, for Brittany Donaldson to continue to ascend as well. Totally, man. Um, you know, it, the NBA is a gross place right now, and I don't agree with a lot of the things the league is doing. And it's tough to uh, totally, you know, believe in a giant corporation, even in one like the Raptors that, you know, professes to have good values and things like that. But it is nice to root for a team that I firmly believe believes in the right things and is, is working towards uh, full-on inclusivity and things like that. So uh, shout-out to Masai. He's great. Don't go anywhere, please. I hope in three years we're still talking about him as the face of the franchise, along with Giannis, I suppose. Um, <laughs> that's going to do it, I think, for today's show. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. We covered a lot of ground on today's show, which is nice. I think Katie is going to drop by for Friday's episode. We might do a little mailbag episode. We were going to do a mailbag with both Vivek and Katie, but schedules didn't quite line up this week. Uh, so maybe check in on Friday for a mailbag with Katie. If not, it'll just be a fun chat with Katie because the chats with Katie are always fun. Um, and, uh, I don't know, Vivek, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, no, not too much going on right now. Uh, you can just follow me on Twitter at Vivek and Jacob. Uh, I should have some stuff going on for complex soon enough, but for now I'm good. So thank you. Right on, dude. Uh, you can find me at Woodley Sean. You can subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast wherever you get your shows. All of the Locked On Podcast Network offerings as well. If you're an NHL fan and you're a fan of one of the teams that uh, got is no longer in the playoff running, we're going to be doing a live draft lottery show on Friday hosted by our Detroit Red Wings hosts, Nolan and Ethan. It's going to be a lot of fun. Detroit Red Wings. I said that like a baby. Uh, <laughs> whatever. Uh, that's going to be up on all the Twitch stream the periscope stream and the youtube stream for locked on live if you want to check that out that should be a lot of fun and uh yeah highly recommend it check out uh, basketball with myself and katie uh and that will do it for today's episode we will talk to you again on friday with another episode of locked on raptors Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.